vampires. 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 And werewolves. And witches. Homewrecker. Homewrecker. You don't understand. Hormone adult teenager. You don't understand. Promposal. Promposal. But which one should I choose? I hate you, Mom. This is Hannah's Clash of the Teen Drama Titans, featuring Saskia and Eric and Hannah Davies. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to round 13 of Clash of the Teen Drama Titans, the exciting teen drama podcast where I, Hannah, your host, introduce two of my favorite people to two of my favorite shows. Uh, they complain about it, and then they have to decide which one we're going to continue watching and which one we are not going to watch anymore. Say hello, friends. Hello, it's me, Eric. Hello, it's Saskia here. How are you guys feeling today? Pretty great. Uh, pretty okay. Okay, <clears throat> so we got a pretty okay and a pretty great. Yeah. Uh, our current champion is uh, NBC's Camp from 2013. We are currently on the third episode of that series, which ties it with uh, Secret Life of the American Teenager, Life as We Know It, and Bunheads as the most you've invested in any show so far, yeah. which is great. I'm, I'm happy about that. It's pretty good that we made it into three, four shows, Yeah, three episodes in. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. true. But four, as I've said, which Eric obviously disagrees with, is my magic number. <laughs> it's my magic number where you get addicted. So I need to get you to four sometime. But I don't know. We're going to see. Jack and Bobby is our new challenger. It's... Uh, 2004, the WB, mm -hmm. rest in peace, and uh, maybe maybe it's going to change your mind. So who wants to tell us, uh, Saskia, you want to talk about what happened on camp? I would happily talk about camp, but if you'd sure. rather talk about camp, you can no, talk you, about... You, you do camp. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Getting right into it. Another... Episode was called The Mixer. Exactly. It's all about the mixer between... Uh, Little Otter Family Camp and Ridgefield. Field. Yeah. Ridgefield Rich, on the other Ridgefield. side. She's learning the names. That's what I know that you guys are starting to get invested when I yeah. don't have to fill shit in. Go uh, ahead. Yeah, Brand by, uh, I don't remember his name. Roger. Roger. Thank you. Roger, our sexy, uh, sexy man who got to keep his accent. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. So he's over on the posh side. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, last year, so it starts off, they talk about the mixer last year, which was over at Ridgefield, so they uh, have them in, in the opposite place every year. Uh, it was over at Ridgefield, and it was a hell of a time. They had, had a great who time. Who was the, the act? I can't remember. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. Oh, Six. And they had lasers. It's even worse than I remember. <laughs> That's absurd. It's amazing. He has, it's like, absurd. that's millions of dollars to pay him to come there. Yeah. For sure. It would be. Okay, uh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, it's fine. This yeah. is a, this is all it's a group effort. All what it is. Yeah. So they have a lot to live up to, and unfortunately, um, Cole decides to get a hot tub. A hot tub. That's his first priority. And it seems like a really shoddy hot tub, mm. like a real piece of work. With blood on it. Yeah. Yeah, there's blood stains. It does not look pretty. Anyway, so this is his priority, uh, and what happens with that is uh, they end up hooking it up, literally... Breaking everything. Starting a fire. Starting a fire and sprinklers go off indoors where they've started to set up the mixer. The decorations, which is uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, which everybody loves the idea of. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, starts the fire and all the decorations are ruined the day of the mixer. So this is not going to fly. 
Oh, look, it's Hot Tub Willie and his bag of bad ideas. I'm sorry. I you blew my power grid. The dining hall will be fixed, I promise. Look, Richfield, our competition, is coming over to see what the camp looks like now with me running it alone. I said I'll take care of it. Relax. No relaxing, Cole. No hot tubs. The Switzers left. Steve left. Okay, okay. The Switzers and Steve, two completely unrelated things. Are they? Todd thinks we should put in a cell tower. I know. And Ruth Harris suggested that I might want to get a little work done myself. She showed me her boob lift this morning. It's kind of miraculous. Okay, he's wrong, and she's whatever. Your boobs look fantastic. Cole! Sorry. What's going on with you? Hmm? 30 seconds of naughty by nature, and I know this for a fact, usually chills you right out. OPP, best jam of all time. Soundtrack to the greatest summer of my life. It's not fixing it. Mac's already freaking out because she's lost the Switzers. Yes, right, yes. I, we can. The Switzers are like a... Um, <clears throat> the the female Switzer... I don't remember either of the Switzers' names. and... Uh, no, Bob and Eleanor. Bob and Eleanor. Eleanor is like um, one of the... One of the inner circle. Like, when you see Mac talking with uh, those two dudes who are the father of Grace. Todd and, and Raffi. Mm-hmm. And that other woman who I don't know who she's the, the mother of. Yeah, she has kids, but we never see them. Yeah. They're so, small. <laughs> when you see her talking with those three, Eleanor is kind of supposed to be in that inner circle as well. She's one of the, like, the regular moms who comes there every time. Have we seen her before? No, right? No, no. No, because they didn't make it this summer because... Yeah. Yeah. Of whatever the excuse was. Some well, the excuse of, is that he got a new job. No, but they lied to them at first and said she had surgery or there was something there was was going on. Appendicitis. Thank you. There, there was go. so many excuses in that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is basically Max's thing this episode because Bob and Eleanor have started to go to Richfield yeah. um, instead of Little Cell Tower. Yeah. And, and also they seem like a much fancier whole like fancier camp that's not yeah but it's also i think kind of an allegory if that's the right word yeah to like steve leaving her for ecat yeah um which is bigger and better things still called bigger and better out of control yeah so she's like oh we need to get like for her the switzers are emblematic of everything that she's lost so far so she needs to get the switzers to come back to little otter but like the whole okay that whole storyline for from the very beginning it's obvious to the viewers that they have moved on they are like they're not going to come back to you because clearly they're now stuck up he's just on his phone what you offer at your wholesome family camp is no longer what these people are looking for, yeah. which is what they come to the conclusion to at the very end of the episode. I'm like, that's been obvious since the beginning, so, that these people no longer fit with your camp. Like, don't try to fix your camp to fit these people. But your they camp were is- both dancing to OPP. At the mixer, mm-hmm. yeah. they came. They were having fun, and he stopped talking. On but the then spot. they took. But then they took the cell phone tower down the that's, day after. That's true. You're right. Yeah, that's... It, she learned a lesson. She learned her lesson. Knew, we, that yes. happens a lot on TV. And I feel yeah. like that's happened in the past two episodes as well. Especially with teen dramas, because we already were there and did that. Yeah. yeah. But we're, I mean, Mac's a grown woman. Mac is um, apparently... So she's supposed to be having, like, financial troubles um, during this series, but she pays to have a cell tower put in and then removed within 24 hours. Yeah. That has to be an absurd expense. She yeah. hired, like, there's a crane. Like a yeah, it looks like, like a tree. Yeah, it's like a pine with tree. With a fence up the top of it. Yeah. It was really weird. 
It was. All right, let's. What about uh, Kip and Chloe? Kip and Chloe, holy crapper. Don't scream. Chloe! Can you get out of here? Turn around and face the wall. Oh, this feels like an episode of Oz. I'm about to expose myself to you. What? Through my poetry. Oh. Six rounds in the chamber. Five fingers on each hand. Four chambers of the heart. Three members of a family. Two to forget one child in the basement wow that I'm was not a... done zero out of time now I'm done this yeah. is such a weird plot line she is yeah, she ambushes him when he's changing in Showering. a little booth oh yeah he's showering <laughs> Uh, yeah, changing in the, in the booth. <laughs> it's a shower. Yeah, I thought it was just one of those. Uh, those. Yeah. Anyway, see, she <laughs> comes in, makes him turn to the wall, and then she presents this amazing poem, like six, five, four guns, whatever. It's very <laughs> scary and creepy and weird. Yep. Um, yeah. And then she tortures Marina, and he still makes out with her. I thought he was going to be like, uh, no thank you. He he doesn't really, like, she kisses him, and he doesn't really kiss her back. I know, but, but he did. doesn't stop her either. And when he says that, uh, you kissed me two days ago, I'm like, there was more than just her kissing you going on. They were sitting at that dock kissing for hours, what it seemed like at the end of that episode. Yeah. So he was more involved. And he likes to admit their relationship didn't get really anywhere. In this no, episode. it didn't. It's very like it seems at the end of the last episode that they're a couple. Now. Yeah, it did, and I was. It's one of those like camp fourteen-year-old couples where it's like you're not a couple, but you are a couple. Like it's, it's like, not you really that when real, we... <laughs> but it's like more real than anything. It's, it's so weird. But it's not like on the show. It's. In this episode, it's not more real than anything. But that's what I mean. It's like, they're not a couple, like, they're going to go out holding hands in front of the other couples. But they're coupled off. It's like... No, but it feels like, it feels like Kip, at the end of the last episode, cares. He's like, oh, okay, this is my... And now he's over it. And, yeah, yeah. Now it's like, he he never even cared. Mm Mm-hmm. It was super weird that he was again chasing after Marina in this episode when at the end of the last episode I actually felt like that was over with and he is now... Right. I yeah. guess you should tell talk about what happened in the lifeguard test. Lifeguard test. Good idea there, Kip. <laughs> he drowned and they all swam right past him drowning. Automatic fail for everyone. Get him up, get him up! That kid was drowning, and you just swim by? This is a lifeguard test. You know what? Automatic fail for all of you. Uh, but even the, like he, the lifeguard, he should have been fucking paying attention no. when they're doing their test to be lifeguards. They were too busy worrying about their 
hot tub problems. Yes, right? which were. Cole likes to call the. They turned around and started talking. God, I love Cole. He's so my favorite. Hot. I love him also. He's so hot. Okay, what about Sarah and Miguel Santos? Sarah and Miguel, what the hell is going on with that sexual tension? There, she has a boyfriend that we're supposed to be very much invested in, and she's like thanks him in this episode for not like being supportive of her because she's like. She goes through this, through this whole drug test thing in this episode, right? Yes. Her gets a call from Coach. Yeah. That was a whole huge setup and thing to happen in this episode. It's like, oh, she's been on the she's been kicked out of the swim team because of this and that, and now she's never coming back. But now she's got the chance. Like all of this was presented to us in like thirty seconds. Well, we knew about the getting kicked out the swim the team swim thing team, from yeah, the pilot and the drugs. And the DUI. There's a lot in this episode that I feel like is just backtracking stuff that they already did in the previous two episodes. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't feel it doesn't feel earned to me. I uh, it it feels like it's just like spinning its wheels. It feels like it's stretching episode. Like how many episodes in this season? Probably like well, twenty two. Yeah, it feels like it should be like eight or nine, but they're stretching it out to make. 22. Right. But this is only episode three. That's not good. It's not It's not great. Okay. Let's get through it then. Uh, what about Marina and the Mean Girls? Well, in the bathing suit. Yeah. And the lost and found bathing suit in Chlamydia. All yeah, of that. They, <laughs> yeah, they that's steal, what I wanted to tell them about. <laughs> they steal Marina's swimsuit. And... She's telling us. Oh, they're sorry. They're, tell very, us they're very horrible people. Right. All three of them. Yeah, Chloe, they, Zoe, and I didn't get the third one's name. I don't think she has a name. No. I don't think she did either, but she was in the credits, so she must have had it. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, I saw they steal her swimsuit. They're very, very gross to her. And then they suggest she goes to the Lost and Found, and she does, and she finds this black and white bathing suit, which is really not that terrible. No, she's not great. Fine, but yeah, she does. She's, she pulls I mean, it off she's real well. 16 year old girl, so it doesn't matter what bathing suit I she's wearing. I did think it was disgusting. Yeah. Out of that, like, how. She didn't want. No, like nothing. That's been in there for how long? I don't know how long. That's really gross. Yeah, (laughs) and I was pleased that they brought it up. So, but she goes to the uh, this test, the lifeguard test in this outfit. Um, And uh, what's his face? Her boyfriend of sorts, Greg. No, Greg. Oh yes, Greg Greg is with the uh, three Mean Girls. Right, Um, playing guitar, playing guitar, and they're all like, "Ooh, yay, Greg!" And (laughs) that's perfect impression (laughs) of how they were like. Yeah. Amazing. And then uh, she just walks by, takes off her sweater, and is like revealing her back. Is like, oh, Greg, can you lotion my back, please? I can't reach it. And then there's that smiling and giggling going on. It's like, haha, I beat you. So anyway, well, she did. She did. She did. Even and in her skank ass used bathing suit. Yeah, he still would rather rub her than sing to them. And uh, yes, yeah, so she ends up getting an awesome hot new bathing suit. Yes, yeah, from Sarah. From Sarah, who put it in there. Check again. Check the lost and found again. It's super hot. It's red, and like she looks great in it. Yeah. Um, and she becomes a lifeguard. We get to see her in that. Yeah, we do. Right yeah, after. Yeah, yeah, we do. She comes onto the dock in the bikini at the second swimsuit test, and which the the swimsuit test. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Same diff. Uh, the lifeguard test, and she passes and is now a lifeguard, no longer in the kitchen with Kip. Yeah, and now she has she has yeah. a new swimsuit that says lifeguard on the front. Mm-hmm. So she wears many many different costume changes in this episode. Yeah, that's true, and they're it's all good. bathing suits. Okay, I think we've covered everybody except Buzz. 
Buzz. Oh yeah, <laughs> don't care for Buzz. This was not a good bu- episode for Buzz. So what doesn't make sense about? Oh, but- Sorry, I'll let you explain it first. No, no, no what? Do- Go ahead. What doesn't make sense about this to me is Buzz is uh, DJing the mixer and everyone hates his songs. Yeah. He's playing like hard dubstep or whatever. Yeah. But when they cut to the awesome mixer from last year, I don't think the music was that different. No, it wasn't that different. No, it it totally was. It could have been the same artist. Like it seemed the same to me. I thought it was good music. He was doing quite fine as a young DJ. (laughs) It was pretty hilarious. Yeah. It just was, the like she said, the wrong crowd. Oh, it was amazing. And I think the same at Ridgefield. It's like they would they would not have been listening to that. No. Yeah, well, it, but it's the same crowd, right? Like the the crowd is the people at Ridgefield and the people at Little Otter. Yeah, Last year, crowd. it was the same yeah, crowd. Yeah, that's what I mean. But it, like, to, in my opinion, it wouldn't work in, e- on, in either one of those instances. Oh. But they played it like it did work. Last year, but it's not working this year, which was weird. Which is is silly. Yeah, and don't they could show have used us any yeah. other song, like just a regular pop song, and have yeah. them to that same scene, like a Katy Perry song or whatever. Instead yeah. of like, yeah, I totally agree with you. But I mean, if that's two seconds, yeah, it is. Yeah, but yeah, you don't <laughs> have to show us it. Hilarious while he was DJing. Yeah, Buzz's look this what episode was, his was name? the best I can't part. remember. Oh, he did DJ had... Buzz. No, the final one. I know it was, was so good. Buzz. Oh, I can't remember. He had so many. They were so funny. Berserk. Berserk. Berserk, yes, yeah. thank you. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, that was the best one. Yeah. He was pretty funny, actually, in the end there. All right. But he had some really horrible, horrible lines. I don't remember what it was, but, like, he, he this was the worst episode. Yeah, he for said him. something, um, well, it wasn't the worst episode, because he didn't use any homophobic slurs. That's for him, oh, yeah. But scared. he did say uh, something about, hey, not to, not to be racist, but I think... Russians have sticky fingers, oh God, and then yes. Kip says, "I don't think you know what racist, <laughs> what racist means." That <laughs> yeah. was that. No hard at that. It was the that, second that instance where he said something oh, horrible. The God first one I can't remember. But anyway, that's so. God damn it, Buzz. Buzz! I hate him, but I love him. He's a good character. He's so adorable and stupid. <clears throat> so the top shelf booze was scored. Oh yes, thanks to Miguel Santos. Yeah, oh, man. Which I don't even about. Didn't really understand that. Either. I don't either. Where they were stealing it from? He had it in his. It was his. They were stealing it from Roger, right? Yeah, they were stealing it oh. from Richfield. Yeah. yeah. Oh, never mind. But, but like, it's not stealing it if it's there to take. He said it was just sitting there collecting dust. I thought he said that it was his, and it was no. sitting in his I garage. Roger. He. That makes more sense. Mm. Oh, and then in the end, we get a reveal, like because she asks Mac, asks how they fixed the electricity, and uh, he admits that. He tapped into the he, power line yeah. from Richfield. Which Mac also is, tried to go and have sex with him, but he was not with yeah. some chick named Missy who wanted to have yeah. a threesome. Um, <clears throat> Roger is too... Roger's, sexy? Well, he's sexy. He's not too sexy. He's too cartoonishly too evil. Rich. rich. Oh, I thought you were going to say cartoonishly No, rich. he's... I mean, he's I don't think he's, too I don't think he's evil either. But he's very... The things he's, he says is really... No, like, that's what I'm the saying. The conversation like, between the two of them on the porch... When, uh, what the heck did she say to him? I can't remember now, but it was something like... Uh, it's so she says that she's moved on from trying to get the Switzers back. Yeah, um, which and, is yay. And right. he says... Which was yay. <laughs> he says, oh, so you're giving up? Listen, there's only two outcomes. Either you win or you lose, right? Yeah. But and, yeah, it was something about walking away, like, walking away from him. Anyway, I forget what the joke was, but it was, it was weird. You throw a hell of a lunchroom hoe down. Managed to charm the switches into coming back? They seem to have a great time, but I didn't ask. Playing the long game, I see. So what's next? 
gift basket full of pine cones and dried otter poop. The Switzers are all yours, Roach. You're giving up so easy. It's not fun. I love our little tussles. I'm not giving up. I am letting go. Sorry, you lost me. There's winning, and then there's losing. Sometimes when people leave, it has nothing to do with you. It's all about them. Um, when people leave, it usually means you suck. Okay, then. I'm leaving. Good night, Roger. <laughs> I get it. Good one. Because I suck. That was a softball. Come back. I want to do over. He's a strange character. All right. He doesn't seem like he belongs in the same universe, I think. I like him. Well, across and I the like lake what he brings is a to different the show. universe. It is. Okay, all right. And I think it's... Good point. Like, it's two different worlds, yeah. and I think I like that he's there. It's like he's so dirty pompous. dancing, like, what happens in front of the curtain and what happens, like, you know, up in the cabins. Yeah. Okay. Two different worlds. All right. Let's talk about Jack and Bobby. Jack and Bobby. Jack 2004, and Bobby. like I mentioned. It's a very different style than anything we've watched before. For sure. Yeah, okay, so Jack and Bobby is, um, it's sort of framed, this episode is sort of framed, that I'm assuming all, probably all the episodes are sort of framed. It's uh, it's presented as like a history channel TV show, like a... A documentary. <clears throat> a mockumentary. Yeah, like sort of a, sort of a documentary with like um, a talking head where they talk about this uh, incredible president, president, uh, President McAllister. The greatest of the American presidents were inarguably people of extraordinary strengths and weaknesses. Complicated individuals undertaking an impossible task. Could a single image ever be expected to tell their story? Ever since the first presidential photograph was taken, James K. Polk in 1848, each president has had one defining image associated with him or her. Outcome of the Second World War, ending the Vietnam conflict, Spencer Harvey's resignation in the wake of corporate scandal, President Hellman's first visit to Africa after the plague in 2018. No documentary about President McAllister's administration could be complete without mention of this photo, taken just before his election in 2040. Tells the story of a fiercely determined man on the cusp of wresting victory away from the jaws of near certain defeat. Now, whether it tells the whole story, well, that's another question altogether, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a 30 for 30. Have you guys ever watched any of those? No, like, no. Uh, all this documentaries that ESPN does about different sporting events. So Why would you showing... watch any of those? <laughs> they're amazing. You should. Uh, that whole OJ was one. The one that got all that attention and got nominated for an Oscar and was like eight hours long. Anyway, yeah. It doesn't matter. But yeah, it's the same. Like They'll show what's happening, flashbacks, but then they'll also show people today talking about what was happening back then. Yeah. So it's similar style. Um, <clears throat> and uh... What we're learning about, like, the, the actual, like, meat of the show is uh, two brothers, Jack and Bobby. Um, Jack is the older brother. He's, he's uh, like, a... Uh, track star. Yeah, he's a track star. He's a cool kid. He's a popular kid. Um, his little brother, Bobby, is a quintessential nerd. Um, he's trying to start a space club at school. Yep. He... First day, grade nine. Yeah, <laughs> not a good plan. No, he has asthma. Yes, um, which was scary. For the first time ever, I think this kid was phenomenal. He was so good. Logan Lerman, he's done really well. He's a uh, Percy Jackson Lightning Thief, and uh, oh, interesting. He was the star of uh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Oh, okay. and we've had so many instances of horrible kid acting, going back all the way to Barney Miller on the TV Donut, like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so this was like the best instance of kid acting I've maybe ever seen. Oh, I don't know about maybe ever. Maybe, but yeah, maybe not. I just haven't really thought about it's it. It's above but average. It's really, he's yeah. great. Um, and they are uh, uh, children of a single mother who's Grace McAllister, who is a college professor, um, <clears throat> and she has high expectations for both of them. She doesn't let them have a TV in the house because uh, there's no it rots your brain or whatever. She wants them to pursue uh, more <clears throat> more worthwhile subjects. Um, she has very high hopes for Bobby. Right? She wants him to be. Uh, she she wants him to like throw away his friendships. There's a point later in the episode where. He gets in a fight with his only friend, and she says, well, you don't need that friend. He's Warren. a loser. It's so sad. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to fix itself. I'm going today. I'm holding my breath. After we got there, Warren said he wanted to go for those guys, so... Up. She's not listening. What? Yes, I am listening, Bobby. Conflict is inherent in human relations. At your age, you are ill-equipped to express your feelings. Needless to say, Warren is even more ill-equipped. Now, guys, are you ready? Because I cannot be late this morning. Please. Bobby, come on. Don't worry so much. It'll all work out. I just want people to like me. What are you talking about? People love you. Real people. Other people. People I'm not related to. This conversation is not worthy of you. If Warren can't see what's special about you, then it's time to focus your attention elsewhere. He's my only friend. You'll make other friends. Now go. Come on. Get your stuff. We've got to get out of here. What? It's just sensitive. That whole conversation is really hard to yeah, listen to. It is. It's like, don't you remember being a kid? Like, <laughs> like this, my heart broke for this kid. Everyone knows when you're a kid, like the worst thing is having to go to school and have no friends, have no one to talk to. And her dirty secret is that she smokes weed. Yeah, she's a pot smoker. Well, she's that's a, not her only dirty secret, as we right, find out in this episode. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's she, the evilest part. She of She also has a secret bus yeah. boy. Um, so, uh, we're cutting back and forth between, uh, the present day, which is 2004 and 2049 or? Yeah. 2049 is when the documentary is happening. 2040 yeah. is when he, that, the picture they're talking about when he ran for president. Oh yeah. They keep talking about this picture. There's like this. It's not even oh. that well framed to be honest. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I really disliked... See, the thing is, so the conceit of this pilot episode is that you don't know which brother. McAllister brother is the president. It's yeah. Bobby. But you find When do we find out for sure? Like, it's the very last few minutes of the episode. Yeah. That's when you find out for sure, but like it's pretty clear early on that it's Bobby. I was um, hoping it was Jack because it, like, it seemed Bobby was so obvious. That it would be Bobby, but I'm like, how is this guy going to become president? It's like, like, I feel like it would have been a bit more interesting. Also, didn't but, he basically say, what's his buddy's name? Marcus? Because we yeah. see Marcus in the future and in the past, and we also see Courtney. I think they're the only two that we see. And Karen. We see Karen. We see her in the past. Who's Karen? She sits at the lunch table with them. Oh. Well then. Missy? Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I thought, okay, never mind. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know who you're talking about. Alright, doesn't matter. Um, anyway, Mar there's a reference in the cafeteria about how Marcus has been doing Jack's homework, basically, in one of their classes. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, he's not that smart then. No, they... <laughs> he's not even doing his own homework. How can he be president of the United States? I mean, 
current president notwithstanding. <laughs> but, um, so the, they start the episode up with, like, every president has one picture of them that is iconic and sort of represents their entire presidency. Yeah. And the picture that they pick of President McAllister... He's not even facing the camera. He's, he's he's leaning against the wall. He's leaning against yeah. the wall because yeah. they don't want you to see his face because the the face of whatever actor they hired to uh, to play like fifty year old Bobby McAllister, his face will be. You'll be able to tell that that's not Jack McAllister. I don't think he would. I what I think they think that maybe. Yeah. I think so. Yes, but a lot of those photos that they're talking about and that they do show you, it's not them looking into the camera. It's thing. It's a photograph that's caught of something that's happening in the moment. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, and like they say in the end that that picture was interpreted completely wrong, right? Yeah. Like the what they think was happening there. Was happening, it could be yeah. also like he just got some horrible news and he's like collapsing against <laughs> the wall, right? Like it's like it could mean yeah. anything. But yeah, it's a very uh, fuzzy picture, but it's also because the show is so old, not super clear. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if it's because the show is old. I think that it, it's just a bad choice of a picture. I think it's just a bad picture. It's okay. not. A, yeah, I agree. It's um, it should be a good picture. Yeah, for, for being so and to be the center of the show. Yeah, yeah. The show treats it like the picture is important. The show treats it as if we see the picture at the beginning of the episode and are thinking about it for the rest of the episode. Yeah. But I forget about it it's, until it comes back at the end. Yeah. Um, so basically. What's happening in this episode is that uh, Bobby's starting grade nine for his very first day of grade nine, and he's already ruining, like, he's already uh, ruining the social life. There's cool kids who like to smoke cloves, and they're calling him Weezer because he has asthma. Yeah, that kid never got a name. He looked so familiar to me. I tried to find out who it was, but I don't, I'm not sure he's in any other episode because he's not on IMDb that I could find. Anyway, go ahead. Um... And, uh, there's also, uh, the new president of the college where Grace McAllister works moved across the street. Yes. Peter Benedict. Peter Benedict. And she calls him a money-grubbing whore. And a windbag to his face. Yeah, she doesn't... Before she knows it's him. She goes to a faculty party and leaves... She's forced into a faculty party. And she doesn't realize that Peter Benedict is... The person who walks her home. And so she's complaining the entire time about Peter Benedict, this money-grubbing whore. But she has no, like, through the she conversation... Has no facts. Yeah. She has nothing to... Like, she has no idea what she's... Talking she's not basing about. it on anything. It's just a feeling of what they're normally like. Yeah. She I guess no, so. Um, I mean, yeah, she's life experience, but exactly. She's being totally unfair. She hasn't looked into it at all. But right. that's so true of life when you, like, complain about politicians or claim about... Like, whatever. It's like, how, how much have you really looked into it and researched your opinions? And how much is just, like, what the TV told you or what your parents told you or yeah. what your neighbors said? It's so funny. Um, so there's really embarrassing. There's a flirt mance going on there. Yeah. He says she, he's, like, the first person at these sort of things he's, she's ever actually liked. Yeah. Then they have to go and hire this President Benedict, this, this money-grubbing whore. His sole talent is for streamlining and revenue increase. I mean, a university is not a widget company. No. No, and what has this guy ever done except, except make money and destroy departments, right? Oh, but he looks good on paper. He's got his MBA. He's got his unblemished record. What has this guy done? Well, I, I don't know. I can't recite the specifics, but he was one of the six faceless candidates on the shortlist. You know, each one less distinguished than the last. And I know enough to know what was in his CV. Oh, please. A vast, safe banality all the decrepit trustees could embrace. 
Oh yeah, I know this guy. Yeah, well, this is me. Thanks for the walk. You're welcome. You know, you're the only guy I have ever met at one of these things that I've actually enjoyed talking to. Really? Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it too. Maybe we should uh, continue it. Say, dinner tomorrow night? No, I don't really do that. You don't eat dinner? Date. I don't date. That ship has sailed. Capsized. I have kids. Oh, me too. Two. Girls. Well, girls. Thank God for that. So there's um, no wife to speak of? Uh, out of the picture. For now. Feels pretty permanent. So what do you say? Come on. Girls gotta eat. Right? <laughs> I'm Grace, by the way. Grace McAllister. Nice to meet you, Grace. Yes. And you? Um, <clears throat> I am Peter. Benedict. But my friends all call me the money-grubbing whore. Good night, Grace. So the older guy, whose name I wrote down, uh, but I don't, Merle, he tells her also about a visiting professor who never appears, who I think is Bradley Cooper. But okay. was that just to set up that she could possibly think this guy was that guy? I think so, because okay. I was thinking like... Otherwise that made no sense. Yeah. she's He's talking about this, this new professor who's like this... Cr- From Princeton. Yeah, super good... Like, really interesting guy. Yeah, I thought Bradley Cooper was going to show up, but he didn't. So then I was like, was that whole story just so we could un- we could believe the misunderstanding that she doesn't ask this man what his <laughs> name is? is? Yeah, anyway, doesn't matter. Oh, maybe that is it. I think that's why that conversation happened. Probably. Um, Peter but Benedict. I also think that that is Bradley Cooper. Okay. Peter Benedict yeah. has a daughter. Um, her name is... Courtney. Courtney. Hot neighbor. Right. She's the future former first lady, lady. right? right. Um, And that's one of the things that's like, oh, it's a misdirect. You think obviously it's got to be Jack who's the president because Jack instantly falls in love with her. Um, It's really creepy to think that it's not. (laughs) Yeah. That it's this kid. But she tells the story about like they didn't reconnect until after. Yeah. After Jack's death. After he died, right? So that's a little less creepy. It is. their age difference is nothing once they, they're, they're older. Exactly. So. And their connection is also pretty intense right away. Like, yeah. her and Bobby, she, like, gravitates towards him. Yeah. But he's to the only him. reason why she's even entertaining Jack. Yes. Yeah. Which so, she says multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Every time weird. he's a dick big brother and does not try to help him from getting his ass kicked by that goddamn clothes smoker. <laughs> So it's, and they, they keep saying, we're going to go smoke cloves. Like, it's so weird. It so, was such a badass thing to do back, well, not even 2000. What are cloves? They're just like a type of cigarette that, uh, it's like a cigar. It's like a little mini cigar. A cigarillo? Kind of, yes. Okay. Ish. Yeah. Um, that's they're, weird. They're gross. <clears throat> so, uh, Bobby's old friend, his only friend, Warren, Warren, who's also a nerd, leaves to go smoke clothes with the ki- with the cool kids, and, and now Bobby has no friends. Very mean about it. Yeah. And uh, Bobby's solution to this is to steal his mom's weed, because he knows his mom smokes weed, bring it to school, and promise the cool kids, hey, if you meet me here after school, I'll let you smoke weed yeah. with me. And then Warren immediately turned him in, right? Yeah. Warren goes to the principal. Warren feels yeah, bad. Yeah, we didn't yeah. see that. But like, well, I think I think that's it's explained to us closely enough. That was, but Warren is that's a shitty move. He's a horrible. Yeah. 
Well, he's confused. He's a confused thirteen-year-old. No, but he did that because Bobby was going to get the attention instead of him. Like that's a fucking. And he he wasn't even invited. And they were best friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's Um, douche. So, what happens is, uh, Bobby tells the principal that he brought the pot to school for Jack. Right. Which is again like why and how did this happen? Like. They would have asked Bobby first, and then would Bobby have been like, oh, that's Jack's. That's what I mean. Like, that's, exactly. Yeah. Why did he do that? I, I get why Jack would go along with it. Yeah. But, or even that Jack would suggest it. But that Bobby would immediately blame it on Jack is yeah. so weird. Like, what they have pulled them, yeah, they skipped over all the important things in this. Yeah. <clears throat> so now Jack gets kicked off the track team because there's a zero tolerance policy, and now Jack is upset because he blames his mother for uh, for Bobby bringing the weed to school, and he blames his mother for coddling him so that he's like a social disaster, like making he, him buy a piano instead of a television. Yeah. Um, Why would I don't get even when he got kicked off the track team? Like Bobby doesn't even try to be like, no, it was. I don't know why he doesn't take the blame for it. He'd get in way less trouble. Yeah. It, he it was very weird. He wouldn't get in way less trouble. I feel like he would because he's younger. As a yeah, I feel like he's like thirteen. Like, okay, you're a fucking mess. Maybe because uh, they, they have don't want to say it's moms. That's what he's trying to avoid. It is. Maybe they'll get. They taken definitely want to. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. Okay, that makes more sense to me. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Um. So. Uh... Also, there's a secret. I don't really understand how this secret gets pulled in, but secretly they always thought that. Their father. Jack didn't think that. Jack's the one that that yeah. just directly lets it out because he's pissed. But Bobby always thought, like we find out suddenly that Bobby always thought that their father was from Chile and he was uh, an archaeologist. Yeah. And he went back to Chile for something and then was like murdered for his political beliefs. Yes. Um, it turns out that. He was their, a Mexican bus their boy. father was a Mexican bus, bus boy who wanted to be an archaeo- not a, uh, an architect, but uh, yeah, didn't, didn't want two kids. Yeah, the relationship didn't work and peaced out. So what's weird to me is that she changed the she changed the real father in the story. The father's nationality goes from Mexican to Chilean. Yes, is there is his mother like? I don't want the kids to think he's from Mexico. I, we better change it to Chile. I didn't even want to think about that. That I was a really strange. It's more of like the the archaeology aspect of it because I'm not sure they do a lot of archaeological digging in Mexico, but they must do some. But, but why Ch- Chile's not super known for its archaeological digs either? It's so very weird. But why change that too? Because he wanted to be an architect. Why not say he was an architect? Yeah, I don't know. Well, because I think she's an anthropologist. I think I don't know that we know that, but I oh, feel like that's okay. going to be somewhere around her field of. Because when Merle was talking about yeah. his whatever, I think anyway. I can understand why a college professor would lie to her children or her child, I guess, because Jack knew. But uh, I can understand why a college professor would feel embarrassed that her the father of her children was a busboy. Right. I don't understand why she changed his nationality from Mexican to Chilean. Or his job from architect <clears throat> to archaeologist. Yeah, that's... That's fine. I'm when not you do weirded know, out by that. You understand why I changed him from alive to dead. Yeah. 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 
But what, what like, why did they go on with this life? This life was revealed to him at this point That's of his life. That was the saddest part of this episode. And again, I cried at the end of this episode. I did not cry in camp. But he kept that lie going and almost lost the presidential election over it. Yeah. Just to protect her because that's... And what the flash forwards were saying was, like, basically she convinced herself. She convinced herself for it to be true. She Mm -hmm. needed that to be real. And that's what that lie was about. And that's what the whole fight with Jack was about, about, like, keeping Bobby so close and turning him into, like, a mirror of yourself and, like, this partner. Like, she is not... Okay. No, she's no. Yeah. she's uh, struggling. Yeah, and she admits it. I think yeah. in, in multiple scenes, right, where she was just like, "I don't know how I survived this, and I just had to keep you guys going, yeah. and you were fine, so I let you be fine." Yeah. Anyway, um, so the like the culmination of this episode is that we see that Jack, even though he's been kicked off the track team because of Bobby and. Um, his the the mean thing like the the mean way he's been treating Bobby has been pushing away Courtney. He's like, okay, uh, if my mom is not gonna do her best to protect Bobby, like she's protecting Bobby in the wrong way, I'm gonna do my best to be Bobby's like role model or important figure or whatever. It's so gotta be Jack and Bobby now. It's not Jack and Bobby. It's not, not Grace and Bobby. Exactly. Yeah. And he basically says like he's willing to give up any hope he has of a future for himself right. to make sure that Bobby gets the future that he is capable of achieving. Yeah. Which for like a 16, 17 year old boy is pretty like selfless. Yeah. I was like, what? You're going to what now? That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty huge. Yeah. Like you're going to just not even think about going to college or like having a career. Obviously he does go on to great things, which we do find out. Um, yeah. They both go into politics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's Jack and Bobby. Pros and cons? Con, it's not fun. There's no funness to it. Did we speak of the reveal that Jack is dead? Right. Yes. I think that was mentioned, yeah. It was mentioned? Okay. Jack is dead in the future. Here's the thing. They revealed this in, like, two minutes before. Everything that happens in, like, 2049, like, that whole, all, all, all that's going on there is completely unimportant to me. It is. Completely. Like, I agree. Because they're, for the, for the purpose of, like, the, the format of it, like, for, for the, for it to be a documentary, like a mockumentary, they're treating um, all these events that have happened in the 2040s and the, and the 2030s as if the viewer knows about them, right? right? Because that's how it would make sense if you were actually watching it 2049. Yeah. But I don't know about them, and it's just a bunch of meaningless facts and a right. bunch of pointless but names. But revealed more and more as we go, and you'll start to meet those people, right? Because Marcus, like we said, yeah. we know him, and we know and Courtney. Courtney. Um, yeah. Don Draper's third wife? Second wife? Second was she married before he married Betty? Uh, I always forget his mysterious past and what actually happened there. Well, that's... Doesn't yeah. matter. Anyway, uh, any other pros and cons before we vote? Um, camp, con, it seems like it's spinning wildly out of control. It's <laughs> wildly, Has it spun more out of control in this episode? Wildly I don't think out so. of control. It's just, it, it feels like in previous episodes, it's been on a path. And even though it's like spinning on the path... It's still, like, in a direction. Right. But now it seems like the the path has been looping back on itself. Okay. Yeah, so it's it feels like there's not much... Um, feels like there's a lot happening, but a not lot being accomplished. 
Yeah. Seems like there's an event per episode, and we experience that event. Y- yeah. Yeah, like Captain Flag. I guess Fly. so. Yeah, with some backstory revealed through that story. Yeah. Cap. Cap. Right. Whereas in Jack and Bobby, you get to see the future and through the past. Yeah. How are you feeling, Saskia? Which oh, one do you are you like ready more? to vote? I am ready to vote. All right. I, I, I was undecided yesterday. And as I said earlier, I said, told Hannah I woke up this morning with a clear answer in my mind. Wow, okay. Yeah. Which one is it? Don't. Well, you can't tell him that. You're going to tell him with your vote. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nope, didn't do it. Hold on. Nope, can't do it. <laughs> do you need another pen? Or you just can't decide? All right, before we read the votes, are you going to use your snack steel? All right, so I've been thinking about this. Um, I well, I don't this. know if they ate anything except for, uh, like, cafeteria food in Jack and Bobby. Camp, I totally forgot while I was watching it to keep track of what they were eating. <laughs> I did the opposite. <laughs> um, so I, I think you're right about Jack and Bobby. Nothing I popped out at me. I think that in camp, they basically just, like... Uh, oh, no, they talked about some, like, super high-end, um... Booze. Booze and super high-end snacks that Roger requested for the mixer. That's true. Um, uh, but all was, they were gonna get is Sprite and what was the... Gluten-free beignets free, is what he wanted. Right. I'm gonna Did not use my... you want me to buy my... gluten-free donuts? Probably not. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah. I'm not gonna use my steel this time. I'm okay. gonna save it for next time. All right, so before I read the votes... Here are your snacks. Oh, oh my God, candy right. bags! Thank you. Whoa, this is whoa. pretty great. So there's um, uh, a grown man with a lollipop. Yes, a grown man with a lollipop that Kip and Marina see, and they're arguing arguing over whether or not it's creepy, and they come back to that argument throughout the episode. Yeah. And it's a weird. I don't understand he it. He said it, Brad Pitt makes it work. She said Brad Pitt. Bra- makes it work. Right. That yeah. whole argument. But that's not a fair argument. What about the Mentos? Do you and remember the, when those came Mentos, in? Yes, Buzz and Grace were dropping Mentos in non-Diet Coke and making it fizz up. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be Diet Coke, I think. It was Coke. It was non-Coke There was Coke. three different yeah. types of Coke, as as far as I could tell. Yeah. Oh, okay. They were not Maybe the same type. which one exploded further. Ah, that's probably it, yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Thank, Thank you. you. Both of these are great. Vote number one, Jack and Bobby. Vote number two... Jack and Bobby. Uh, I was right. trying to guess which one you... I wanted to... I don't care. Either Both of these seemed pretty bad this time. All right. Equally well, bad. We are finally moving on to episode four of Camp. I enjoyed Camp. Of Camp. I just enjoy watching it. I don't know. Can't. It's so bright and sunny and... It's, and it's a joy. It is yeah. definitely more fun than Jack and Bobby. Yeah. Jack and Bobby is like... Tough. Really serious. Yeah. It is. But it, it might get funner. Serious. It could have gotten funner, yeah. You don't know. We'll never know now. Never. At least they told you which one of them was going to be president. Yeah. Would you have kept going if that hadn't been revealed? See, I thought that's what it was going to be. I so thought that was the bulk <laughs> of the series. I forgot they were going to tell you. <laughs> well, it's it seemed to me so obvious that it was Bobby, though. Yeah. If they kept trying to extend it, I would have been frustrated. Annoyed that it yeah. was even pretend. Yeah. I, um, I I think that they shouldn't have even made, made it a, a mystery question. through the I through agree. the pilot. It kind of didn't. 
Don't All right. to anything. Well, farewell, yeah. Jack and Bobby. Our next... Farewell, great kid actor. Well, farewell, Christine Lottie, who's fucking amazing with her pot or without. <laughs> she is. She was great. She's an amazing actress. Okay, so the next show we will be watching is called Dance Academy. Okay. And it's another 30 minutes, so I'm going to need you to watch the first two episodes... With episode four of camp, okay? All right, all right, all right. Bye, everybody. Thanks Goodbye. for listening. December seventh, Dream. We must go forward as one nation.